Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work, but more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job or maybe you've been unemployed for a while or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Okay, so this is the inaugural podcast, and there's this incredible amount of pressure to come up with something brilliant and amazing. And I hate to say this, but I don't have that in me. The thing that I can do for you, the best thing, is to share my own journey with you. I do this a lot, and Whenever I do, I think back to when I was writing the book and my editor scribbled this note in the in the margin saying, like, do you want to be this vulnerable? And my thought was, if I'm not, how is anybody who reads it going to take me seriously? So let me start by sharing my unemployment story with you. Uh, I had worked for years in HR, mainly in the area of learning and development, and I think I was really good at my job. I loved it. I loved helping people. I liked teaching them things. I looked at it that my role was to make their time at work easier and better. And I thought that was pretty noble. I've worked for some amazing organizations. I worked for the U.S. federal government. I worked for national healthcare companies. I've worked for global companies. And I've loved pretty much every assignment. A few years ago, I had what I thought was my dream role. I got this great job. I was super excited and I had this amazing future planned for myself. I was going to like make this role my like final corporate role. And then I was kind of going to go into this whole new realm of I was going to be this great thought leader. I, I thought I was amazing. It's interesting when you, something looks so great on paper, and then when you're in the process, when you're in the door, it's completely different. And it pretty much started right away. The The atmosphere was point blank hostile, as were a lot of people I worked with. If you are a little job insecure, and what I mean by that is you're afraid of losing your job, legitimately afraid. You'll know what I mean, uh, where I saw the writing on the wall. I was not invited to key meetings. The assignments given to me were just impossible to do, let alone do well. The time limits changed. I had a major assignment. I was told I had over a year to strategize and plan it out. 
And I remember getting a phone call saying, oh, that needs to be done in three months. There was no conversation about it. There was no debate. It was just make it happen. And I did my best. But to be honest, I was catching the early commuter bus. And by early, I mean the 5.30 a.m. bus to get into the city, to get to my office by about 6.30 if I was lucky. I did that because that was my only free time of the day to plan, strategize, etc., to actually do work. And then meetings would start and I would be there. I wouldn't get lunch and I would be there until about 6.15 when I would then book it down the last block to catch the last bus home. I'd scarf down dinner. I'd be on my computer until 10, 11 o'clock at night. And then I would start it all over again. That's never the sign that you're in a healthy relationship or environment, right? I knew that I wanted to be successful at this job and I knew there was nothing I could do to make that happen. And when you go into work under that umbrella, it's just so defeating. And again, I saw the signs. I, Everybody at my level went to the department meeting but me. And I was given this very flimsy excuse. Uh, I was left off of important emails. I couldn't get people to meet with me face to face. And I still managed to get things done. I made some amazing accomplishments there that I'm really proud of. I remember sitting in a meeting and I remember thinking, okay, um, all of us leaders sitting around this table, one of us will not be here in two weeks and it will be me. There was an org change, and at the same time, I was told, oh, it's time for your review. Can you come in early in the morning? Well, I was already there early every morning, and I knew. And I remember going into work, and I packed up my desk, and I went into the meeting, and I took my laptop, and I, I was a good soldier. I had my review written. I had some thoughts. I had goals written. Walked into my boss's office, and HR was there. And I knew it was a very awkward meeting. I wasn't even officially told. I was handed a letter. And I never read the letter. Uh, I knew. And my boss at the time kind of fumbled like, we've decided not to move forward with your employment. It was an awkward conversation, to say the least. I, for some reason, managed to like detach from myself. And I felt like I was looking at this meeting of three people. I was kind of like this observer. And I finally asked my boss for some feedback. He just looked flummoxed. He, he was like, I don't understand. And I said, well, you know, it's always good to hear some feedback and to take that and incorporate it. So I welcome any feedback you want to give me. And he didn't say anything that pertained to my current job. He gave me kind of a, you know, kind of pale praise about something I had done. He then said that he felt I didn't know something as well as I had claimed I did, which was a bit disheartening to hear. And I humbly disagree with him. And then I got up and I held out my hand and he said, what's this? And I said, well, I'm wishing you well. And he very awkwardly took my hand and shook it. That was that. I walked out of the office. The whole thing took less than 10 minutes. 
By design, I walked down to my office, escorted by HR. She looked a little shocked that everything was packed. And I'm like, this is not my first rodeo. I come from HR. I've had these conversations. She asked if all of my equipment had been returned. And I said, it's sitting there on the desk along with my credit card. And she said, okay, I'll walk you to the door, which felt very awkward. As we walked to the door, I did turn to her and say, you know, um, I don't have a ride home. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I took the commuter bus. It only comes into the city in the morning. It doesn't go out until the evening. And she offered for the organization to pay for a ride for me, an Uber or a Lyft. And as I waited with all of my bags around me and people started filing into the office, I could hear her and my former boss going back and forth as to whether or not the organization owed me a ride home. HR won, and that was the right decision. As I got into the Uber, a colleague from the organization emailed me on my personal phone and said, Hey, did you get the note about not coming into the office till X time? And I kind of uh, stopped for a minute, realizing what had happened. And I texted him back saying, no, because that reason was me. I've enjoyed working with you. And I got an, a text back saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I will be reaching out to you. And I said, it's okay. I need time right now. I didn't cry. I texted my best friend, both of my best friends. They responded with the appropriate amount of support. In fact, more than that. And it was a very long ride home. That was probably the most pleasant part of my out-of-work journey. I had no idea that it would be another year before I got a job. I had no idea how hard it was going to be. I had never been out of work before. Nothing prepared me for it. I didn't know how to do, you know, all of the kind of administrative things. That's what I call it. But, you know, filing for unemployment insurance, uh, looking into other benefits. I didn't know even how to go about doing that. I knew how to look for work, but something had magically changed between the time I took that job and left it that the resume that used to get me multiple job offers suddenly wasn't working. That was hard enough. But then in interviews, having to explain, you know, why are you looking for work? Why did you leave your last job? Oh my gosh. Having to come with, you know, the explanation for that, that was hard enough. And the judgment that came with that. But really the worst part was nothing prepared me for how devastating it would be to no longer have a place to go, to question my abilities to on a career that I had spent over a decade carefully cultivating. Nothing prepared me for the emotional roller coaster of doubting myself, being despondent, and then suddenly getting a call for a phone screen or an interview and getting super excited and worked up only to have that crash and burn and being on that roller coaster. That was bad enough. And I remember the feeling of, oh my gosh, somebody's hiring me and the relief. The relief of, okay, now I have an income. I no longer have to pinch pennies. I no longer have to 
you know, not answer my phone because I don't recognize the phone number. Uh, I can open my mail now. And you all know what I'm talking about. And I have a place to go. Somebody likes me. What happened was I went to work and I got a great job. It was an awesome job. I liked the people. I liked what they did. I loved the opportunity that was given to me. But something was lacking. Not only that, but I was constantly on edge when I went back to work. And I couldn't figure out why because, again, I had an income. I had a 401k. I remember I was putting off a medical procedure because I didn't have proper insurance. One of the first calls I made at the job was to my doctor saying, let's schedule this. What I didn't realize was losing my prior job was a trauma. And I was so busy surviving that I I didn't even recognize the trauma, the way our minds and our bodies work. We are designed so that we are protected. And that's what was happening to me uh, through all of that roller coaster ride, the ups, the downs, my mind, my body were protecting me. The urge to protect, the need to protect ends when you're in a safe place. So for me, the safe place and for most people, the safe place is when you start working again. That's when relief starts to come in. And that's when you really experience the trauma. That's when the apprehension, the, oh my gosh, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's when that kicks in. And I didn't know it at the time. So little fast forward, uh, about six months into the job, the pandemic hit. We all had to work from home. And through this strange channel of events, I had connected with somebody on LinkedIn who had a podcast. (laughs) And I'm kind of laughing because you don't know how much one interaction can impact you. And I am proof that it'll change your life. And as I was the day we were all sent home to start, you know, staying in place, sheltering in place, As I pulled into my driveway, I got a ping on my phone that this podcast was live. And I thought, okay, I I should listen to it. That's a sign or something. And I'm not used to being home at two in the afternoon. And I started listening to the podcast. And it was this man named Andy Storch. And he was talking with his book coach about writing a book. And they said, you know, everybody has a book in them. And talked about how to start writing a book. And I started writing that night. I started writing my book that would become Agile Unemployment. And I was determined that all that I went through, I didn't want anybody else to have to go through it as badly as I did. I wanted people to be as prepared as possible to be out of work. I also wanted to have that process be normal. I realized pretty much every one of us at some point or other is going to be out of work. It's best that you're prepared and you understand how to get through it and how not just to survive, but how to thrive. So during the pandemic, when I no longer had a three-hour commute, yep, I had a three-hour commute, I started writing my book and I released it. 
And the whole point of the book, the whole point of what I do right now is I want to help people build resilience and lessen the trauma that comes from losing your job so that when you do go back to work, you're no longer worried about what you're doing. You're no longer waiting for the other shoe to drop. You are instead focusing on that new job. I've heard back from people that it's helped and that makes me feel good. And I hope that by listening to this podcast, by hearing my story, you realize you are not alone. What is happening is normal. It's not your fault. And that you will find another job. You will have a future. It might not be the one that you planned, but it might even be better. And if you doubt that, think about me. Again, I had this job of a lifetime. I was going to be a thought leader. I was going to change things. And then I lost that job. But now I do something that I love. I get to change people's lives. I get to be there when they get that phone call of, you've got a job. We're hiring you. We picked you and to watch their lives change for the better. And I am being a thought leader because I'm changing the way we look at unemployment. And I thank you for joining me for that. And I thank you for listening to my story. And please keep coming back as we normalize the conversation of being unemployed. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out of work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at s-s-u-l-a-t at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.